Yeah, so um <laughs> the in- just the intro of the podcast. I'm still sick. Um mm. I think I've had the flu. I've definitely had the flu. And um I think I've mentioned before on the podcast, my god damn it, the air here is you know how's the air up there, girl? The air down here is terrible. Um so I have like humidifiers, dehumidifiers, purifiers, everything on at the exact same time from, to make this, you know, kind of work. And uh, it's not going too well. I mean, my voice sounds really, really sick. Sounds cool. It's hell. But like, you know, uh, but yeah, that's that's me. So welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Tukey's Tech Podcast. Endo is sick. I'm going to try to not overextend my voice after a uh, sports gamer broadcast. Ended about half an hour uh, before we started recording here. So and Sin's not here either. Of course, he's still in Finland. He's beautiful, but he's still in Finland. Um, so this will be an interesting show, I would say. But first and foremost, Endo, I need to ask you the question that really is on the mind of of everybody watching sure. or listening to this show. Speaking of which, if you are watching this podcast, make sure to subscribe to the channel and leave a like. Help us out. And if you're listening to this podcast, hey, make sure to rate us if you're on Spotify, iTunes, or whatever the hell else. Apple. Yeah. Love you guys regardless. And Joe Mills, that question is this. Are you going to play Fortnite now that Peter Griffin is a skin in Fortnite? Ah, uh, freaking sweet. Joking when I play Fortnite. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm going to play Fortnite. I, I'm seeing people complain on Twitter about like how apparently the movement has been like slowed down by like one tenth of a second. I'm like, it's, it's a tenth of a. God damn second. They, they changed animations in a seven-year-old game and people lost their damn minds. It's hilarious. Are you sure it's seven years old? I thought it was I thought it was older than that. Or like the original concept of Fortnite, not Fortnite Battle Royale was like ten years old at this point. So Fortnite Battle Royale was twenty seventeen. Okay. Like there was the core game of, of Fortnite whatever which was in like the beta version i think 2016 maybe 2017 too something like that anyway um oh god so it's funny the reason why i brought this up is because my timeline has been filled with two things primarily on the twitter side of things over the last two days the first is people responding to an aew tweet about them because they are doing a round robin tournaments. Oh yeah. So they have like a grid based bracket and the comments are nothing but people being like, I don't understand this. And people just (laughs) dunking on these presumably 12 year old kids or 34 year old trolls for not understanding that. And then the other side of it is people bitching about Peter Griffin being jacked. Whereas the reason why, because people, of course, have to turn it into a, a culture war thing of like, oh, Fortnite's anti-fat person. And it's like, no, they just don't want to have to make a different hitbox for a different character. So you make him yeah. jacked and he has the same dimensions as every other character, the same hitbox. And that way, one skin is technically not uh, better than the other. They all have the same hitbox. They just look differently. <laughs> Unless yep. you wanted to copy a game like uh, Rocket League, where the cars are slightly different, but you know, what are you gonna do? I mean, it also comes. Uh, remember, like in early Fortnite, there was a emote you could get where you jump in the air and flop on the floor, mm-hmm. and people were saying that's play to win because you can hide yourself underneath a bed that way. Mm-hmm. It's really really funny. Um, yeah, yeah I, I I I love it. I love like the random discourse. People getting mad over not only just Fortnite, but uh goddamn um menu people mm. can't count the three it's tough for, man. for the for the aew thing people cannot count the three um it's like is it the threes is the hardest or is it the sixes i'm not sure uh but well that's man. what happened you get six when you do three plus three and that can be very difficult very very yeah. difficult very very difficult. honestly of all things i'm just focused more on drinking this nice tea um we're not going to get sponsored by these guys, but it's but it's a it's a national chain, David's Tea. 
Get that Buddha blend, get that peach in there. Mmm. Scrumptious. Good for the throat. Good for everything. Get a nice pour. Get yourself a dinosaur tea bag. Put the tea in there and you just kind of hang them on a noose, I guess. You know? And anyways, Yuki, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. This is what happens when the adult in the room is in Finland. <laughs> yeah, he's in Finland sledding. Dude, he I, I said this before we started the podcast. He looks happy. He looks like mm. he's in his happy place. We're not going to get him back. It'll be temporary. And then we're going to have to start uh, recording this show much, much earlier in the day than we actually do if we want Sin to be on it. So, it, you know, it's it's December. Think things are changing. It's it's crazy, right? Like yeah. it's December. Uh, you just you know you gotta gotta get that kind of retrospective look on the year that was, and you know what what a year, what a year it's been. Great. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> let's let's get the show on track a little bit, shall we? I hope you all enjoyed. Six minutes of nonsense, because uh, I sure did. We have a couple of viewer questions to get to that I found to be interesting. And because it, it's December now, it's tis the holiday season. I want to start off with this question from one young burrito. What is your Mount Rushmore for Christmas media? For me, it's Sia's Christmas album. Watching Die Hard, The Polar Express, and National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. God. So four things that you either have to watch, listen to around Christmas time. Okay, so uh, the my first one is watching uh, A Christmas Story okay. with Ralphie. Yeah, every year we already talked about this on the podcast. Yeah. Um, second one is. Leaving up my Christmas tree until like April, May. That's I don't know the thing if that's that we media, do. but you know what? We'll let it count. <laughs> yeah, that, that no, to me that is media. That is just you know, it's just a, a holistic thing that we do. Um, I'm trying to think of the other one. I mean, Polar Express itself is. I watch it sometimes. Like I'll throw it on. Like I remember watching it originally, and um, it was like one of the first movies to have like a full mocap kind of animation and it scared the fuck out of people. Like, did you, did you hear about that? No. Some of the mocap, like one of the, I think it was a scene where the, one of the girls was like screaming at the camera and it's just like, it just looks super jarring because mm -hmm. I think they didn't use, um, children for the, for the kid mocaps. They use adults and they kind of scaled them down. <laughs> just, it was just creepy. Oh God. Um, for me, I mean, you, you got to watch Christmas Vacation. You have to. I've talked about it. It's the best one. Um, you got you got to watch The Grinch. You got to do it. Yeah. Either version. I do prefer the Jim Carrey version over all the other different versions out there. Um, you have to listen to the the Heat Miser song while dancing in your kitchen. Um. God, and what else? Christmas media. Yeah, Alone. Home Alone's up there. I, yeah. I have already watched Home Alone this year too. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. I mean, if we were doing like, because it's it's our personal Mount Rushmore. Is like, if you were doing like, all right, the the actual like general Christmas Mount Rushmore. It's like, all right, Mariah Carey is obviously up there, but God yeah. damn it, she gets enough credit, so we can leave her off. <laughs> Yeah, she, can, she gets her own she damn mountain. She doesn't have to share. Thirty million in a month. Come on now. Come on. God damn it. That has to be. I have to check really quickly. If you had to guess, is that her most listened to song on Spotify? Yes. Let's find out. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. All it's right. by like a, it's by a crazy amount, isn't it? Top five Mariah Carey songs on Spotify. At uh, 250,000 listeners, Christmas, in brackets, Baby Please Come Home. I don't know that song. Um, at 323 million, 
Obsessed. At 345 million. Fantasy. Fantasy. <laughs> 538 million. We belong together. And at 1.5 billion. <laughs> All I want for Christmas is you. Ah. I want a lot for Christmas. That is what they need. <laughs> oh, dude, she oh, our Christmas concert's gonna be in Boston on December 11th. Are That's you going? Are you going? You have to go now. I might. If you're in Pittsburgh, Tuesday the 5th, PPG Paints Arena, Cleveland on December the 7th, and Madison Square Garden on December 9th, this Saturday, go watch Mariah Carey sing the ultimate Christmas classic. There you go, Mariah. You needed you needed the bump from the Tookie Steak Podcast, of course. Our next question. How would you feel about teams collaborating on in-season competitions for a tangible prize? Whether it be a cash bonus, without cap implications, trophies, etc. Example, the California teams duke it out in a battle for California, where the winner is decided based on their inter-California record. I got this idea from the 32 Thoughts podcast from today. So I feel like this idea probably spurned from the idea of the NBA's in-season tournament, which again, I yeah. talked about it before. Like it, The whole concept does absolutely nothing for me. Like this idea of like, oh, it's going to make the regular season games mean that much more. What? It, no, it it doesn't. It's just an excuse for them to hype up something to make different court patterns to get people talking on social media. Who gives a shit? And if you do, cool. Not yucking your yum, but I think it's a dumb idea. But that idea of all right, things that already happen. You know, the California teams um, already play multiple times a year. It's already been a thing like, oh, who's the top team in California and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I wouldn't hate the idea of adding some sort of incentive, I guess. Like, you know, it's like, oh, a cash bonus without cap implications. Like, I don't, I don't think you could do anything to really mess up the cap. Um. But at the same time, too, you couldn't necessarily do anything where it's like, oh, the players get more money um, because that would upset the the balance of the league. Right. It's like, oh, who's the top Canadian team or whatever? Like if you had teams left out of a structure like that, that would be a problem. So you can't necessarily do that. Right. Um, so I don't know what the incentive would be. You can't necessarily do like, a, oh, the winning team gets money to charity. Like you'd have to give like for all three California teams, they'd have to give money to charity. You would just have to give more money to one charity over the other. Like, I don't it'd be, it'd be nice to have like the, the further focus, but I genuinely cannot think of what it would be. To. Yeah have it make sense to not have it kind of disrupts how things are already established. The only thing I can get behind is the bottom six teams in the NHL doing a, uh, a playoff, like a best of five or whatever to get the bottom six seedings. That way it would kind of prevent the tank, but I don't think teams would sign off on it because that's more hockey and more chance for players to get hurt. Um, exactly exactly yeah. like that idea has been floated around a lot of a tournament to determine you know the the, the best of the worst like the khl had that uh yeah. what was it called the cup of hope i think <laughs> what a fucking um, name yes so that is what it was it was the um the nadeza cup i can't pronounce it in russian but it translates to the hope cup um and they awarded it twice in 2012 and 2013 uh, for teams that did not qualify for the playoffs. You had this other tournament to be like, hey, you're the best of the worst. You could have that translate to, OK, if you miss the playoffs, you still have a great chance to win and get a higher pick like that. That right. certainly would work. But like you said, the downside to that is you'd have to play more games. 
Yeah. So I think the only way to do that. Well, then again, I mean, you could say that those are games you were going to be playing anyway in the playoffs had you made it. They'd have to renegotiate it for sure. Yeah. Um, at the same time, the alternative would be shortening the regular season. And they're not going to do that. No. So there I mean, are the interesting ways, up. but I don't know how they yeah. do it. I mean, the CBA is up for like agreement in the next like year or two. So mm. there's going to be a big push Lock for out. obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be another one of those. Um, what would be uh, really, really cool is if, let's say, for example, there's a lockout and let's say, for example, like a, a smaller league, like the three, the three, the I, the three IHL, whatever it's called, the, the three is ice hockey league. Mm-hmm. And it's like three on three kind of thing. And they just kind of reached out one like and grabbed like a whole bunch of NHLers kind of similar to a bunch of guys going over the play over in Europe and right. do a little kind of something like that would be really, really cool. Like the idea of a three on three hockey game isn't bad it's just that it's contained to only the all-star game and in the all-star game i think i i talked to pavel barber about this no one's really cared about the all-star game such a long time so if people don't care about the all-star game they're not going to care about outside tournaments and stuff like that look at the the nba in-season tournament you've got players being extremely salty and um getting pissed because players are because teams are trying to run up the score because when it comes to the next rounds so of the advance in the differential is by points so right. if you have more points for you're gonna get out obviously the offer you're gonna break you're gonna it's a tiebreaker so you're gonna advance over the other other people over the other teams excuse me um i think right. it came to the head when demar the rosen got extremely pissed when the raptors um we're just like taking three pointers when they're up like 20 points. And like, I get it. Like the, the mentality of like, you know, you're up, whatever, just coast it out, put your bench players on. Don't put your starting six, your starting five and your six man out there. Um, wow. We're talking about basketball. Um, but um, it's, it's how the tournament, it's how the tournament is made, how the tournament is ran. Similar to, as we go back to the AEW tournament where points are given on certain ways and certain reasonings. But no, that's bad because numbers are bad. <laughs> Them's the rules, Bucko. You don't like it? Complain about the rules. Like that one guy on Twitter who was complaining to a UX designer to fix the mechanics of the game. I'm like, complaining to a UX designer about the mechanics of the game is like yelling at a service rep for getting your phone disconnected. They're, 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 you're, wrong tree. Great argument. Wrong tree. Our next question. You travel back in time to 10,000 BCE and live with humanity's ancestors. Oh, choose Lord. one of the <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't even know what the hell you just said. I said, oh, Lord. <laughs> oh, choose one of the following modern skills. Would you want to know martial arts, mentalism or sleight of hand? Slide of hand. It does say slide instead of slight. <laughs> <laughs> it's the family guy joke with Jesus. Just having his thumb disappear. <laughs> oh, God. He's like, oh, you're like, you get him. He's like, hold on, hold on, hold on. King Arthur, King Arthur. For people um, on the audio side, um, I did the uh, the the, the, lock, the when you lock your two fingers together in the loops, you put it behind your head, you take it out, and it pops over. Like, oh shit, look at this! Look at this, Bucko! God, oh man, holy shit! Um, Ten thousand BCE. That's not King Arthur. That's fucking oh 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 yeah. Yeah, me hit stick, me invent <laughs> fire. Oh, so mentalism, um. Using your mental skills and intuitive abilities to interpret body language, behavior, and energy. Sleight of hand, which, um, or slide of hand. Uh, Sleight of hand uh, essentially being, I mean, you know, deception, magic, yada, yada. And then martial arts. If you're in 10,000 BCE, I feel like you're fucked if all you can do 
is just be like, ah, yes, I know what you're thinking based off of your body language. Like, that doesn't fucking help. Being able to do magic tricks probably doesn't help because you're either going to get fucking clubbed to death for being the devil or you're going to be held hostage and formed to be a, you know, you're going to be a jester at that point. That time period, you are going to want to be able to defend yourself. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. That's, that's what it is. You are going to want to be able to defend yourself at that point. Like, we're talking uh, 10,000 BCE is 10th millennium. Um, which is, I mean... You're talking, you're talking Stone Age, like early Stone Age. Like, I don't even think fire. Yeah, fire wasn't even a thing at that point, right? Like, I think there was like pottery, maybe. <laughs> like, it's just one of those things fire. that just, yeah, you got to be able to fucking defend yourself. So we're, we're going to go with that. Um. Christ, like so, I'm looking up the environmental changes of uh, 10,000 BCE. The Wisconsin glaciation, I'm a poor, I don't know how to say that word, had sheeted much of North America, and as it retreated, its meltwaters created an immense proglacial lake known as Lake Agassiz. Sometime after 10,000 BC, the retreating glaciers created the rock formation on Cannon Mountain. In present-day New Hampshire, New Hampshire wasn't even fully formed at this point in time. That's how far back we're going. And some might argue New Hampshire's still not fully formed. Fucking suck it, New Hampshire. Um, yeah, I uh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, let me let me know how to defend myself, please. That that prehistoric of times. I need to know how to defend myself. So, yeah. Oh no. What? Oh no, I just saw something. Um complete derail of everything in the rest of the topics that we're talking about. Um but um the PWHL had their first ever like game today. And it Before, was closed uh, off. Mm. Okay. Yep, I wanted yeah, to make sure you had yeah. that part. We'll, we'll talk about that on the bit. Um but I just saw a video of it and oh, they are not doing themselves any favors. Anyways, next question from Bouncy McBoink Boink, I believe, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, what is it? Who was the teacher you've personally had that made a lasting impact on you? So you could go ahead. Tell us about a teacher that's like influenced you. Oh God. Well, I've always um I've always shouted out this uh this particular teacher, my uh my fifth grade teacher, Mr. Powell. What a who, name. Um was just a really smart dude. Like I'm I'm kind of surprised he wasn't um I'm I'm really surprised he wasn't a teacher at a higher grade. Um just because of the way he kind of approached teaching. Um he was the one who always kind of instilled in me um, the idea of go with your gut because if you change your mind and you're wrong, you're going to be more mad at being, you know, you're, you're going to be more mad at not trusting yourself than you are going to be at being wrong. Um, which is a little knowledge tidbit that served me very well, especially in numerous games of Jeopardy. Um, he, um, he was just a really, really good teacher is the only way I can put it. Um, and like I said, even though, you know, you're talking fifth grade, so you're talking 10, 11 years old, he would still instill some of those knowledge bits that have carried on for me all these years later. We're talking yeah, almost 20 years later. So, I mean, like I, I had some good teachers growing up for sure, but he has to be the one that stands out to me the most. I had... um. I personally, I had two I could say, or like kind of very influential. Um, one of them was name was Mr. Roth, uh, Spencer Roth. The fact that I know his first name. Um, that's like the level that like him, my mom, and like 
family were kind of on with him. He was that chill of a guy. Um, I had him for two years. Um, this is like right around the time when I was just kind of figuring out what the hell I wanted to do in life. I still don't know. Um, mm. And <laughs> I was in French immersion. Uh, I, think I, never told, I never told this story. I was in French immersion from senior kindergarten all the way up until grade nine. And then I transferred out to try and join the laws program in my high school. But then they weren't accepting. For some reason, my high school that I went to at first was only accepting. Um, you had to apply to join the law law program. So it was law in action within schools. So you basically were kind of learning about the law and judicial system. And it was kind of like a pathway to join. It was a pathway to get a scholarship to a university. I think it was the U of T they were partnered with. And you'd, you know study law and become a lawyer or something somewhere in the judicial system. Um, anyways, back to uh, elementary. Uh, he was really, really influential in terms of like keeping me on track because uh, a lot of personal stuff were happening at that time. And he was kind of like a good guiding light to, you know, keep things straight or keep things going, keep things forward. And uh, yeah, I appreciate him to, to this day. Like, I think I, I still see him because my elementary school, is like down the street from my parents' place. So sometimes I'll go by, say hi and everything. And then the second one is actually my gym teacher that I had from junior kindergarten all the way up to grade six, um, Facinelli. I mentioned that name a lot because they're really, really close with our family as well, too. Um, his son, actually, I think I talked about this briefly, uh, is actually on a... He's committed to play at Princeton next year. He's playing right now in the BCHL and um, his family has helped out a lot too, in terms of um, being able to provide me with like equipment uh, stuff that I needed for like baseball at the time when I was younger. Um, and just like a person to, like lean on with any sort of question and support. They were also the people to get me back into hockey and were the ones that helped me get back to playing uh, with teams. I think I was, a fill-in goalie for his son's triple a um minor midget team because one of the goalies just couldn't make it so they decided oh throw me in and have fun with that then i got to play with other like ohlers and like some guys in the league right now like just as a practice guy it was pretty cool i think i played with i played with like ty nelson for one uh i think i also skated with shane wright it was pretty cool so i think um i thank those guys for you know, getting me back in the sports. Well, primarily like Fatch getting me back in the sports. And, you know, I thank Mr. Roth for, you know, being able to help keep me on the right path and get me to where I am today. Appreciate you. I doubt you guys are listening to this podcast, but if you are, thank you. If you're not, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> uh, oh, man. So with that, let's uh, let's talk about hockey, which yeah. is what we allegedly do here sometimes, at least. Um, we have a lot of different topics today, so there's going to be a lot of kind of bouncing around quickly, I'd say, from one topic to another. Uh, so fair warning on that. It might not be the most uh, concise to the point show in that regard, but figured I'd warn people. Um, but I, I wouldn't say there was one story that particularly kind of led the way hockey wise. It's just been a lot of different things. Um, first and foremost, want to talk about the Winnipeg Jets uh, because they announced yesterday or was it today? I don't even remember. It was today. It feels like yesterday um, that they have resigned forward Nino Niederreiter. Um, he was on a deal this year, last year of his deal uh, that he actually signed when he was with Nashville. Four million dollars a year. His extension, $4 million a year for three more years. Um, he has been pretty solid for the Jets. He's got 14 points in 23 games. Uh, it's crazy to think of him as a veteran, but he is 31 years old now. <laughs> like he was, what, fifth overall in 2010? Um, same draft as Hall, Sagan, and company. Uh, he's been he's been solid. But for me overall, like the, the biggest thing for the Jets is that the conversation, I think, really kind of heading into the season was like, OK, they're going to blow it up. And they haven't 
They re-signed Mark Shifley. They re-signed Connor Hellebuck. They've re-signed Nino Niederreiter. Um, it looks like they feel good enough moving on from like Blake Wheeler, basically, to then say, you know what? We're good. We can still kind of build a, a proper core around this team. And it's just still, like I said, the, the word was surprising. And I, I think that's still uh, pretty on the money right now. And uh, they are a team that, you know, is in the playoff mix. If the season ended today, they'd be third in the Central, only behind Colorado and Dallas. So uh, they're in a very interesting spot. Yeah. But the biggest talking point surrounding the Jets hasn't been their roster. It's been the media in Winnipeg. Yeah. So essentially, Connor Bedard, as an 18-year-old kid, was asked about in the aftermath of Corey Perry's release statement and everything that we talked about on the last show. He was asked about, oh, hey, so how about those rumors? Why would you do that? Why would you? Are you TMZ? Is this what we're becoming? Is this what what, uh, sports media is becoming? I mean, some people could say some sources are basically kind of like TMZ. But, Mm. like, I, I don't understand this. Why would you... I mean, I do understand it. You want your click, you want your view, you want like whatever will get you the press. Hence why like clickbait titles are usually like the big ticket thing for like content creation and everything. You want the view, you want the number, you want the big number go up so you get the endorphin and you get the money. But at the same time, fucking morals, man. Yeah, I mean, again, it's it's the idea and, and Connor handled it well. Um he was quoted in saying, um, it's a bunch of BS on the internet. It's, of course, been an effect on myself and on my family. And that's not fair, but it's out of our control. It's all fake, made-up stuff. Yeah. There was just no reason at that point to freaking ask this kid about this shit. And it caught so much negative attention Um that the owner of the Winnipeg Jets, because the Hawks were in town, uh, the owner of the Jets, um, freaking True North Sports and Entertainment, it's Mark Chipman, if I'm not mistaken, or is he the CEO? No, it's not Mark Chipman. It's, God, who the hell, the name's escaping me. I think it, no, I think it is Mark Chipman. If it's not, who gives a shit? Um, Yeah, he boarded the, the Hawks bus Uh, to directly apologize to Connor Bedard for him having to deal with that shit, Um, which is a really nice gesture, by the way. Yeah, Um, that's rare. You know, you could have just sent some assistant to be like, hey, uh, we we wanted to apologize. Like the fact that the owner came down to do that, um, while on one hand should feel like the bare minimum, Right. Like that should be a gesture where it's not like, holy shit, the kindness like that should just be what life is. But it's fucking not. Um, So all things considered. Yeah, I mean, it it was a a pretty nice gesture. Um, And like I said, just for Connor to have to go through that shit, like it was bad enough, like as if he didn't fucking know what was going around on the fucking Internet. I mean, come on, the kid's 18 years old. He's very well aware. Um, Yeah. So good, good on the Jets for trying to make it right. But yeah, that was just, just gross, basically. Yeah. Like the general discourse around it has been really, really weird. Where it's mm. like anytime there's any sort of statement behind, you know, whatever is said, it's always like, oh yeah, he's totally piping his mom. It's like, what? Like I get like the meme factor behind it, but at the same time, it's kind of this. Like, at what point do you go from like meme to like disrespectful? Like I'm seeing people post a lot Quickly. of like. Yeah, very quickly. <laughs> and I've seen a lot of people post a lot of stuff about that. I'm like, just like the joke has been like run dry. If it was a joke, now it's just now it's just slander. It's just like we don't we don't know the full story. I don't care if we know we end up knowing the full story. Um, I know I made a speculation last week, but again, like you know, I shouldn't have done that. And I I know that, but that's what happens. People you, people try to speculate. And think of certain things or people people want closure and people will find any excuse to get that closure 
even if it's making up a weird scenario about someone having intercourse with someone else's mom because they're a team leader or whatever the fuck. But um, glad that the um, the Jets were able to, you know, not necessarily handle it, but like apologize to the guy for press being absolutely stupid. No great way to transition to this one, but it is worth the update. Like I said, we're just going to keep bouncing from topic to topic here. The double IHF uh, has now in the aftermath of the Adam Johnson situation, um, they have now mandated neck protection at all levels of of double IHF competition, um, which of course includes the world championship, the world juniors. Um, It's a, a forward move that I think, most people expected. Um, obviously, the NHL still hasn't moved forward towards mandating anything, um, which hopefully they end up getting there. But it's it's a good step forward, especially um, with the World Juniors coming up at the end of this month. I will say the one thing that I'm still concerned about is the idea of people trying to sidestep. You know, I'd seen the conversation a lot in regards to like people using essentially tape to kind of restrict the neck guard to not make it look as bulky because it looks uncool, which totally defeats the purpose of wearing something like that. Um, I mean, look at how Patrick Lyon has been wearing his neck guard for the past, what, higher career. Patrick Lyon has always worn a neck guard. That's the one thing yeah. not a lot of people have noticed. He's always worn a neck guard. And his is, very, his is pretty loose. At the same time, any coverage is better than no coverage. Yeah, I mean, literally any little bit can help. And I mean, like I said, just hopefully they crack down on that. And it's the idea of, like I said, if if you start now, you will have a generation of kids where it's all that they've known. It's just whatever. We wear a fucking neck guard. You yep. don't want it to get to the point. Like if if you push hard enough now, you can avoid it becoming... Uh, the the bicycle helmets conversation where you still have parents that don't force their kids to fucking wear one and the kids will take it off because it doesn't look cool and all that shit. Um, you know, I, I've, I've talked about it, man. I had two separate bike accidents as a kid where my fucking helmet split in half. Jesus one Christ. Of, one of which was on grass and it split vertically into two pieces. But it's just one of those things where, you know, again, as a kid, too, I had that attitude of like, this looks fucking stupid. I don't want to wear this. Um, who knows what could happen if I wasn't wearing it in those two specific instances? And it's got to be the same conversation now in regards to neck guards where it's like, man, you just got to instill too fucking bad. This is what it is. You're not allowed to modify it to be like, well, see, I'm technically wearing one. None of that shit and side skirting the rules just have it be what it is get people used to it move on um so credit to the double ihf for making this a thing yeah endo Tugi. your thoughts on jake wallman hitting the gritty again and then immediately being like yo hit me up on fortnite <laughs> I guess that's in the game now, which it is. And I may have totally bought the gritty for to be as toxic as I possibly can. And then NHL uh, 24 was in the replies like, should we put this in the game? And I don't even want to look at the replies to that. They're all like, fuck you. Whatever. If we're focused on the mechanics, like it's a it's a different team. It's a different person. Other than the one other person that does the designs and everything, because it's like twenty people in that studio who make the game. Like, they, like I'm pretty sure the EA NHL team is the same size as Metalhead Studios, who make Super Mega Baseball. Guess what about it? They're also in Vancouver. <laughs> the fact, yeah. though, that they haven't added the gritty yet seems like a massive mistake. It's on the right. Way. Like yeah, something like Fortnite, they are always, and that's a, one of the reasons why Fortnite's still so relevant, is they are always right there 
out of the gates with stuff like that, where it's like, oh shit, the gritty's popular. We got to get it in the game. Hmm. The NHL, what the gritty's been a popular thing for two years. Yeah, and same thing still, with Madden. Madden was still like getting a year tweets. behind. Yeah, Madden was a year behind on the gritty, and then <laughs> I think it was Madden twenty one or uh, Madden twenty two. Can't remember. I can't remember which one it was, but. The game was like broken at launch, so like it's basically every fucking Madden since like Madden 06. Um mm. and it was like, oh, you can't make passes. Oh, but we got the gritty. Yeah. <laughs> oh, streamer, Mills, you're streaming? Hit the gritty, baby, hit the gritty. <laughs> oh man. <sighs> like the Madden social media team went around to like 20 different streamers and was like, hey, can you hit the gritty? Can can you can you do the thing? Can you do the can you can you hit the gritty? Okay, yeah, we're trying to fucking throw stacks at you and subs afterwards, like dance monkey dance. Like, come on. I will say though, like it's been in FIFA, it's been in Madden. It's just one of those things where it's like, oh, NHL. You're you're always like the NHL is always so behind. The video game's always so behind. God, we're, they were, we're late not e- to add the dab either, too, when Vince Dunn uh did the Oh God. Imagine yeah, being late to the dab. By the time they added the dab, the dab was over. Yeah. I don't know if the gritty will be the same way, but we'll see. The Detroit Red Wings are a decent little team. Yeah. There's another team that's a little bit decent in the Eastern Conference. That's called a segue right there, baby. The Pittsburgh Penguins. Two things to talk about in regards to the Penguins. The Dubas Water Ducks. Let's go. <laughs> Dubas. As if ducks aren't in water. I mean, like, okay, fucking <laughs> shut up. <you> okay. <laughs> the, the ice ducks. How about that? The ice ducks. There oh, you go. The water ducks. Oh my God. We have an episode title. Uh, the first thing to discuss. Uh, Sidney Crosby is now tied technically for 24th all time in goals in the NHL. He is in a three-way tie with Joe Newendike and Matt Sundin with 564 career goals. So shout still out to Fut- yeah, number one, still got it. And secondly, I couldn't help but think how many would he have had he not been injured? You still had that lost time frame for Crosby. Um, we're again 2010 11, held to just 41 games. 11 12, 22 games. And then the lockout shortened year of 12 13, he still didn't play the full season at 36 games. Yeah. Um, where would he realistically be? And I, I would think it would be that much closer to 600 um which yari curry right now is 20th at 601 so i mean and he's got a very realistic shot of still breaking into the top 20 all time i mean there's no like eminent concern about Sidney crosby retiring so we don't have to sit here and sing the praises too much for Sidney crosby it's goddamn Sidney crosby but still to see him playing as well as he is um is awesome to see yeah um i see him finishing where's he at right now for goals uh yeah okay so he's at 564 yeah and he's what like 36 35 yes 36 yeah 36. 36 he's definitely going to break 600 Without a doubt, like if he gets like twenty goals for the next two seasons, he's gonna. I think he's gonna play till he's forty or thirty nine. He's what? He's still a point per game right now. Yeah, which is impressive in in your, I've seen your your elder years. I mean, you're, you're thirty five. You're not even that thirty six. You're not even that old. But in hockey standpoint, unless you're fucking Yarmir Yager and you're still playing, uh, you're 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 kind of old. You're you're a veteran at this point. Um. Just so old. Yeah. The uh, other side yeah. of this conversation with the Penguins, though, beyond Sidney Crosby, is that 
Tristan Jari mm. became the 17th or has not the 17th player, but has scored the 17th goalie goal in NHL history, including the playoffs. Um, and this is also the first goalie goal in Pittsburgh Penguins history. A couple of different things now in regards to this, right? Let's talk about this. First and foremost, Tristan Jari now has more goals than how many players that have suited up in at least one NHL game, Endo Mills. Pardon? What was the question? I was looking at something. Tristan Jari now has scored more goals in this season than how many NHL players who have suited up in at least one game this season. Not career, but for on the season. How many players has he outscored? Is it a direct number or percentage? Yeah, direct number. No, direct number? So if there's about, let's say, 20 players per roster, times that by 32, that's a lot of fucking math, 64, 640 players. Um, at least like 400 of them. Not that many. Okay. Um, 200. The count is 209 players. There we go. Have suited up for at least one game this season and not scored a goal. Um, from Rasmus Sandin and Seth Jones to... Andre Burakovsky, Andreas Athanasiu, uh, Ricard Raquel. He has more goals than teammate Ricard Raquel. Uh, there, there are some names on this list. Ta- uh, Thomas Tatar, Tyson Berry. I mean, it's, it's impressive uh, how many players he's outscored. And in terms of how many dudes he has the same amount of goals as, I don't have the exact number. But impressively, he has tied TJ Oshie in scoring. He has tied Trevor Zegras in goal scoring. (laughs) Among numerous other players here. I think Trevor Zegras is probably the one name where it's just like, oh my god. He has as many goals as Max Domi, who finally got his first as a Leaf over the weekend. Um, Just hilarious is all I can say in terms though of the goalie goals endo mills you're sick which means now is the perfect time to ask how many goalies can you name that have scored goals in the NHL aside from Tristan Jari okay uh, do you have the sporacle up right now? Is that what I this sure is? I sure do. All right. So, Pecorine. Pecorine um, is correct. In 1920 um, for Nashville. Yeah. Uh, Martin Brodeur. Martin Brodeur is correct. Three Ron times, Hextall. by the way. 97, yeah. 2000, and 2013. <laughs> Ron Hexall. Ron Hextall is correct. Two times he did it. Uh, Jose Theodore. He's famous because he he stick handles the opposite way, so he flips his glove, yep. flips it around, correct. glove hand on the blocker hand on the bottom of the stick. Yeah, seven out of sixteen. Um, trying to think who else. Uh, well, Tristan Jari, obviously. Yeah. Um, twenty-two. There you go. Twenty-two, twenty-three, and oh. Linus Allmark, who was the most recent prior to Tristan Jari. Yeah, there's, there's a lot more. We have the Coyotes, the Hurricanes. Oh yeah, Mike over. Smith. Mike Smith is correct. He's over Devin the halfway Dubnik mark. Has one as well. Hmm. Did you say Dubnik? Doesn't Devin Dubnik have one? I think so. He does not. Hmm. First miss. Okay. We're looking at the Hurricanes, Preds, Sabers, Sharks. Cam Ward is correct. In 11-12. Sharks, Hobby Bullen. Oh, let's see. Hobby Bullen for the Sharks. Are you thinking of... Hobby Bullen or Niemi? You were thinking of... I gave it to you. Uh, Who's the other Sharks goalie? You're on the right track. 
Name. It's not it's not Niemi, it's not Hobby Boolin. Uh fucking uh Martin Jones? Fuck. No, you got the time period right of Hobby Boolin. Who was Hobby Boolin? Why was Hobby Boolin or not Hobby Boolin? Uh why was Mika Kippersoff traded to Calgary? It's because the he Sharks had to smoke this- cigarettes? Um probably. <laughs> it's because the Sharks had this other goalie that they elected to go with. Oh, Bell no, not Belfort. Nabokov. Yes, there you go. There you go, Nabokov. You go. You're on the right track. Um, yeah. Uh, Eddie Bel- Belfort doesn't have one. I know Cujo doesn't have one. I think he might. No, neither of no? those two do. Okay. What teams are left? Nashville in 2005, 2006. Buffalo in 03, 04. Ottawa in 98, 99. And Detroit in 95, 96. So Hazek for one of them. No, shockingly no. not. No, okay. Chris Osgood. Chris Osgood is correct for Detroit. So Uh, Ottawa in 99, Buffalo in 2004, Nashville in 06. Who the fuck played in that in 99 for the fucking Habs? Good question. That is a, that's a, it's some fucking, some French Canadian schmuck to hit their quota. I'm joking. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Excuse me. God. Fuck. French Canadian schmuck could also be the uh, episode title. We'll see. Yeah, but I think um, Dubas Water Duck is probably the best. Um, <laughs> God, how much time do I have left? 37 seconds. God damn it. Who who the fuck played for Nashville and net? It was just Rene and some other people behind him. That's all it was. Oh, God. Okay. Um, he had a chin strap beard and a bald head. Is the best hint I can give you. Chin strap beard and bald head. Was it one of the fucking? Does he have a brother? Uh no. Are they related but not related? Like same last name? Same last name, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's one of the fucking. God damn it! I can't remember the fucking names. Steve Mason, Chris Mason. Chris Mason, well Here done. We go. Okay. All right, well, you got that just in at the buzzer. There's no way you're going to get the other two. Um, that was impressive, though. Well done. Yeah, I don't know how many you. people would have gotten that. Um, we also had, by the way, uh, 7980. Um, when we typed in Mike Smith, it also, I didn't notice this, it also gave you Billy Smith for the New York Islanders in 1980, oh, which was the first right. ever one. So that's my fault. Yeah, um, I forgot about Billy Smith. Ninety-eight, ninety-nine for the Ottawa Senators. Damian Rhodes. Fucking who? <laughs> Fucking Correct. who? Correct. Amosol. Who the fuck is Damian Rhodes? <laughs> oh my god. Oh, and in two thousand three, two thousand four for the Buffalo Sabers, Mika Nornan. Yeah, so two guys who have no idea who the fuck they are. You pretty much got the two most obscure goalies. That, that, like, the two most obscure ones to have scored goals were the ones mm-hmm. that were left on the list. So I thought you did pretty damn well. Thank you. Um, yeah. I've scored a goalie goal before, too, but I'm not an NHLer. I'm just a fucking beer league savant. <laughs> Get that on a business card. You know what? I've been asked so many times for my business card and everything. Um, I should probably go make one. I'm going to make yeah. one right now. Yeah, well, podcast. not right now. Not right now, but okay. write, write it on a little write it on a little sticky note that that's something that you have to do because you should. Yeah. Canva is open on the side. It's perfect. There you go. Um, other random things that have happened. The Minnesota Wild are 3-0 and since firing their head coach, Dean Evason. Um, so what the fuck do we know? What does anybody know? Congratulations to Minnesota for not being complete trash garbage, apparently. Um, Use coach bump. It's what it is. There you go. Yeah. Shout out to John Hines. Better than we thought. Artemi Panarin scored a hat trick for the New York Rangers. His fifth career hat trick and already his third as a member of the Rangers. Though he wasn't the only guy to score a hat trick because Bradley Marchand, oh, captain, my captain, 
after scoring the OT winner against the Leafs in Toronto, goes back home for Bruins Pride Night. And it was fabulously gay. It Did was you see so the picture gay. of the stairs outside the arena? Oh, that was queer as fuck, man. It was it was awesome. I loved it. Beautiful. You had gays on Twitter, um, respectfully, gays on Twitter saying that um they were mad that the Boston Bruins did a, a, an amazing Pride Night. Mm. And, you know, hats off to Boston, you know, to recover from, you know, certain things happening over the past couple years and certain things happening recently to, you know, pull out all the stops and have a good fucking Pride Night. Because not only was it good for Pride, it was hockey's for everyone night. They didn't mm. also just honor the, the gay community and people are part of that community. They also uh, honored disabled people. Oh, disabled, mm. the, the disabled community as well, too. I think there was a person there who was briefly working with the Seattle Kraken, who now works with Boston, and talking about their time and how they want to basically, you know, show people that, you know, hockey hasn't necessarily, necessarily been inclusive to all people. Um, and they want to improve that so that way people can get, you know, positions in management or a part of teams, no matter what disability ailment or whatever uh, hat they have like it can't prohibit them from being like you know a part of a management team um i think her i can't remember her name but she was talking about how uh, she was able to break the not break the trade but um she was able to announce the signing of morgan geeky when he was a part of seattle uh during the expansion draft which is pretty cool she's mentioned that was pretty cool was awesome experience and that that's what I think hockey is for everyone. It really is about bringing everyone together and allowing people to see that. Hey, listen, you may have a certain thing that isn't necessarily what people think is normal or whatever, but you have a place in sports, whether it's on the field, off the field, operations, anywhere. Hockey should be inclusive for everybody, and it hasn't been, and it's a slow process to make it more not not inclusive make it more acceptable for everyone to join in regardless of whatever you have other notes here i couldn't have said it better myself other notes here um victor hedman became the 79th player in league history to skate in a thousand games for a single franchise joining Vinny LeCavalier and Steven Stamkos as the only two to do so as a member of the lightning because martin st louis was traded to the rangers with 18 games to go um noted for the leafs players to skate in a thousand games ron ellis dave keon for you solving r.i.p tim horton and george armstrong it has been a long fucking time since the leafs have had somebody skate in a thousand games for the team morgan riley i would presume is the closest though um, yeah and for the bruins chara wayne cashman Don Sweeney, Patrice Bergeron, Johnny Busick, and Ray Bork, as well as David Krejci, who um, officially, officially retired. He had only retired from the NHL this past offseason. He was hoping to make right. it back um, to play in the Czech Extraliga, as well as uh, hopefully playing in the 2024 World Championship, which is being hosted in Prague, uh, but he's not going to be able to do so. So uh, we wish David Krejci a wonderful wonderful retirement i already eulogized his career and my infinite sadness over the over the offseason when bergeron retired um and evgeny kuznetsov is going to be a healthy scratch for the washington capitals tonight when they play the arizona coyotes with head coach spencer carberry referring to it as a mental reset for kuznetsov who has been frankly terrible and they've been trying to trade him for a while now uh, there's no takers, and I can understand why. Um, it has been a crazy, crazy year in terms of the dudes who have been healthy scratched this season. Um, Kuznetsov, Mantha, uh, Patrick Laine, Jake DeBrusque, D'Angelo. Like, there are some dudes making some money uh, that have been healthy scratched this season. And Evgeny Kuznetsov joins that list. And again, I don't see how Washington's possibly going to be able to trade him. So see what happens the final thing we were going to discuss was awards but i'm going to push that back to later on in the week and kind of talk about okay who we think might be at the top because endo mills within the last 20 minutes 
the GTA 6 trailer has dropped on Twitter. What do you mean it's dropped on Twitter? Did it did it get leaked? It's what's going on tomorrow. It got leaked and Rockstar put out a tweet saying our trailer has leaked, so please watch the real thing on YouTube. <laughs> um, with a release date of 2025. Um, I like that. I like that. How fucking honest they are. Yeah, our trailer leaks. So just just watch it on YouTube. Fuck it. I mean, yeah. you had um some kids, um some uh, developers' kid leak the um leak like not even like ten seconds of gameplay, uh, where he's just looking around like a skybox kind of thing. Yeah. Everyone's like, you, you're gonna get your like dad fired, but then you find out that he's like a co-founder of the company. <laughs> it's kind of like, yeah, whatever, it's fine. It's an old build anyway. The shit people do for clout on the internet, right? It's like that dude who was in the fucking army who was leaking military stuff in a discord. <laughs> oh, you think? Oh, yeah. The thump, uh, rump shaker central. Um, so <laughs> funny story about that. Um, this is really funny. Um, if you're familiar with like war games, like uh, not, not the wrestling one, but war thunder and stuff like that, like world of tanks. There is a reoccurring issue involving um, those games where people will join their forums and just leak military documents, just flat out, just drop them in there. And they've been telling their community, like, listen, please, I, I get it. It's, it's funny. It's a meme. But stop leaking nuclear, like not nuclear, but like military documents in our in our forums. Like, we can't have this here. It's all classified information. And they're like, ah, oh, it's funny, but guess what? Here's um the detailed plans of the Avro Arrow, which is supposed to be like one of the greatest plan, one of the greatest um like Canadian uh fucking Air Force like planes of all time, and it was scrapped by fucking Trudeau's fucking father, Pierre Elliott, Pierre Elliott Trudeau. Yeah, that shit was gonna speed up like the air the Air Force and like the airwaves like completely like massively anyways and it was yeah. canadian history lesson <laughs> yeah the avro arrow was sick like i've seen people like remade like mock-ups of what it was supposed to look like mm. look it looked cool for the time not like any of this other stuff it it was basically kind of like what the stealth the stealth bombers look like now but like back in like the 50s 60s 70s to end the show because this this has been an interesting one. I am intrigued to know if people enjoyed this show with just how like, all right, let's talk about just off the cuff nonsense, right? Um, to bring it back to GTA Six, it isn't all like cinematic trailer basically. Um, although you do have twerking women on top of cars and alligators walking into convenience stores. Um, yeah, how do you feel about GTA Six, knowing Florida. that it's going to have been? 12 years between five and six, which on one hand is understandable, but man, growing up, it was like what a four year span between GTA three vice city and San Andreas. Right. And then you had four launch in 2008, 2009. Then it was four or five years until five. And now 12 years between five and six. And I get it. Like the immense pressure on them to have this be the biggest game of all time. Like that's the expectation for what this game is going to be. That's what people are looking for. And to somehow be bigger than five, it's like, yeah, no shit. That's going to take some time. Um, What is like your, like, are you interested like at all right now? Is it more so uh, I'll get more hyped around the time because I don't even remember the last time I played GTA 5 because how many games do you consistently play right. that you played 10 years ago unless it's like a sports game where it's like all right you know we go back to do a couple of random things but yeah I don't know yeah I don't I I don't really care I don't know hmm. like I just the last time I played a GTA game was like GTA four. I thought like Nico, Nico and Roman, the dynamic was funny. Mm. Um, I, I don't know if I, if I'm going to even, pl I'm going to play it, obviously. 
but I don't know if I'm going to like, you know, play it, play or it's like, not after, like, like the game for you. Right. Yeah. I feel like it's gonna I'm be watching the trailer right people. now as we speak. All I got to say is if this game goes out on like last gen consoles, it, oh, your, God. your console is going to light on fire. If you have like a 1060, anything lower than like a 20, 2070 graphics card, your computer is going to blow up because the amount of stuff just happening, right? Like even like the opening scene there after it says rockstar game presents, there's just people on the beach and there's like, that's obviously just like a cutscene right now, uh, so it's pre-rendered. But if that's like how it's going to be in game, to to render all that stuff is is a lot of load on your GPU and your CPU. Uh, people probably turn the graphics down and everything, but this is like a lot. <laughs> Have to turn it down to fucking Minecraft levels, depending on, and even then it might not even run. So yeah, you have to turn it down to like. Um, Remember, do you remember they re-released, um, I think it was Vice City, GTA 3, and mm-hmm. San Andreas recently. And those yeah, games looked absolutely years. terrible. That's what it's going to look like if you drop the, the settings all the way down. <laughs> the rain effect that was basically a falling JPEG. <laughs> <laughs> and then like if you shake the car left and right as you're driving, the car just grows exponentially. <laughs> Great times in gaming, everybody. With that, we hope you enjoyed this edition of Tired Man and Sick Man Talk About Stuff. Um, Yes. I enjoyed it. Hopefully you all did too. We'll be back later on this week for more. Until then, Endo, I don't know if you have anything to plug. It's more so just going to be you face planting into bed and trying not to be sick anymore, I'd imagine. Um, For the most part, it's just like a like a phlegm like in the throat kind of thing just coming up it's gross um pwhl report they had an exhibition game and they they close it off to the public so like mm-hmm. there's like five people in the stands and everyone's like wow and the crowd goes crazy uh one girl already has a heart has a heart trick uh, has a hat trick um so congrats to you um but holy shit and yeah i was I was intrigued at the idea of like, okay, the first bit of any action is essentially going to be a preseason game behind closed doors. It's it's a choice just in terms of optics of the league, because you know what certain people were going to say and what the the view on that was going to be. So I don't know. Yeah. PWHL doing what they do best, making questionable, questionable decisions. Yeah, Speaking it's of PWHL that, Boston versus PWHL Toronto, and hmm. I believe they're playing in Boston. Boston, uh, they're playing, I think, at the Utica Arena. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Was- well, I was going to say, speaking of questionable decisions, thank you for listening to this show and/or watching the show. We appreciate you. We will see you all soon in 2025 for GTA Six. Dope.